0: Court, did you make a cold open this week?
1: No. Wait, what? Are, what?
0: You're I, I you're, thought, you're literally the host this week. I what
1: thought, do you? I thought you no, no, wanted I, to do.
0: No, that. no. You were supposed to be. This is entirely unprofessional. We are trying to be a good, well mannered, heavily structured, always <laughs> consistent podcast. Sorry, but, and you are over
1: no, here okay, I, ruining that no, for no, all of you us. Don't understand. Uh, I was really busy all week. Playing Fortnite. Uh, not doing any of those things that you said I should be doing.
0: Okay. Um, this is okay. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Knights of the D Pad, the entirely consistent and well mannered podcast that never has any host changes <laughs> or set changes or any other changes whatsoever. Because we are equipment changes. We are or very professional audio issues. and no, no, no audio issues. We always None. have everything set perfectly, precisely. And welcome. To the Nights nice of the D-pad. Q intro. Do, 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 do,
1: do, do, do. Oh, that's a game theory intro. <laughs> <laughs> it's dun 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 okay
0: so okay. Uh, this week we have replaced Aiden with um, Lillian because we hated Aiden Aiden.
1: Also, I want to clarify that it was not my job to come up with a cold <laughs> open. I, I feel called out. <laughs> that case, was Ben's cold open. Yeah, in
2: case anyone didn't get it, that was Ben's open. Very <laughs> Sorry, cold,
0: Court.
1: I had to. Was, I thought no, it was no, funny. That's a good cold open, i I don't want the hate coming from our Mm. two audience members being like, oh, my gosh, Court is single-handedly bringing this podcast (laughs) quality down. Well, I mean. (laughs) I am, but not for that reason.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but we love you, Court, so you get to stay.
0: Yep. Fortunately, Aiden is out this weekend. He is currently watching Eastboats, and so East boats, he considers yep. that more important than his friendship and loyalty to us. <laughs> so we are here today with... And he's right. <laughs> 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 what is your position exactly? Like, like intern, uh, producer?
3: Uh Technically, social I'm supposed to be doing the social media. Social media manager. Have Squire? there been any social media posts since um. I came on the team? No. <laughs> uh, were there
1: any social media posts before you came on the team? <laughs> also no. no. So, well, <laughs> there were when we had
2: Michael. That's true. We did have some. Yeah. Michael. Michael Michael had a lot of fun with that. Michael um, Myers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because just four days ago it was Halloween. So yeah. Yes.
2: Halloween was very recent. Uh Yeah. Today the we recording is the fourth. Wow.
0: Yesterday um, was the third, which was also a very special note because it was when Fortnite season one or chapter one came back. It was also my birthday, but that's a side note. <laughs> that's a <fact> side <laughs> note. But that's not important.
2: Ben's back. getting old, Our- but we don't care. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else? So, yeah, Lillian will be joining us in Aiden's stead today while he's off to see the Overwatch. Um, the World Cup. World Cup. And uh, he'll probably have a lot to share with us when he gets back, just like he did last
0: time. But it won't be back next week because none of us will be back next week. We are going to my wedding. Yep. Kind Yay. of important. <laughs> it is an
1: important important event.
0: <laughs> but the week after so. that, he will be back to bring us some great news.
2: Precisely. Uh, anyway, uh, Lillian, why don't... I don't know, like, this is your first time hosting on an episode. You've appeared a few times beforehand, like showing us your costume for Halloween last time and then the time before that. Should we call you a squire of the D-pad since you haven't graduated to full host status? Or do we want to just have this be your knighting ceremony? No, no. We were going to do the knighting ceremony when I retire. That's right. right. That
3: is true. I am a squire at this point. Squire of the D-pad. A squire of the D-pad.
2: But hey, I mean, it's great to have you here. It's been really helpful having you run the TV.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which now I'm doing
0: But just as a host.
3: Yeah, as a host. And
2: so we're, we're excited to have your contributions and you sharing your thoughts uh, right here on camera or on mic, kind of, and, actually. So.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's begin. I think today we should start off with Lillian's topic about Super Mario Bros. Wonder speedrunning. Super. What hasn't what has been happening in that game? Because we know Super Mario <laughs> Brothers speedrunners are a different breed. <laughs> yes,
3: there was a glitch discovered um, oh. that pretty much allows you to skip the first three worlds.
0: The first, so similar is it like a so, like the
1: pipe thing? Like, no,
3: so basically, what it allows you to do is it allows you to go out of bounds in on the map.
1: Oh, like the overworld
3: map. Mm -hmm, Um, On the overworld map. Wow. And so it's, you like, you pause the game at a certain point and you switch characters and some other inputs. And then um, you have player two is able to go off the map. (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs) makes me wonder what it was like to discover this in the first place you know
3: it really honestly it makes
1: like every time I see some kind of weird like crazy glitch happen in the game I'm like that has like a very specific like you have to switch back from this character like five times and then go into the menu and press this one random button and then exit out of the cutscene like 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 this like super specific instance I'm like who was just sitting there like doing this when they discovered this? Like, were were they just, like, playing a game and just pressing all of the buttons that they could? I mean,
2: speedrunners are a different breed, so that's entirely possible. I mean, I remember watching a short, like, mini-documentary on YouTube about, like, a major discovery in Wind Waker uh, Mm speedrunning where this guy figured out that you could go underneath a bridge and then if you spam the jump button, you could literally just hop across and then get through this barrier that's supposed to be impassable until you complete like a long bit of story.
4: Barrier
2: <laughs> skip, Yeah. And he literally was just down there with link, just ha, 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 just jumping yep. under the bridge midair. <laughs> and he had to do a couple of other specific things to figure out how to, you know, uh, get through that. And that's mm-hmm. totally, that totally was a dude who was trying to figure out a skip. So literally, was well, a guy there just with the controller just messing with it? Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. however, seems like it could have happened by accident. Like,
3: So this, clearly, they... So, for instance, if you pause the game um, mid-jump and then switch characters, they figured out that there is a delay in player two warping to where player one is. Hmm. So I think a lot of it is they found little things that would happen when they did certain things
2: and then they just sort of mm-hmm. added them together and then they
3: added them together so Let's see.
2: so it kind of evolved yeah okay
3: yep and they found um, a lot of it is also looking into the game code and discovering what things the game checks for because in some games mm-hmm. you can't skip certain parts of a game because the game has has certain like checks to make sure that you have certain items before you finish the game
1: mm-hmm. but
3: in Mario Wonder you're able to skip the first 3 so you can you can do this glitch on other parts of the map, but it only works for the first three worlds because the game doesn't check for the the wonder seeds um or the royal seeds of the first three worlds after mm. that it starts checking and, and it then it take checks you back. for so it checks for the last three worlds, which are so there's there's six main worlds and the last three worlds are kind of more of an open map you can do them in any order mm. Um, mm. which then it checks to make sure that you get all the Royal Seeds Mm -hmm. from the last three worlds, but the first three worlds it doesn't check for because it assumes that you've beat the first three worlds Mm -hmm. in order to get to Because you have to do the
0: linear path. Mm -hmm. Unless you're a speedrunner. Unless you're a (laughs) speedrunner. And and
3: that's actually somewhat unique. In a lot of more recent games, Nintendo has been doing a lot more because they've seen that this is a common thing that speedrunners will do, is they'll skip a large portion of the game and because the game typically only check for the last few items, late game items. Nintendo has actually, in a lot of their more recent games that have come out, been increasing the amount of items that it checks for <laughs> to kind of help prevent that.
2: It's such a Nintendo move, you will play the game the way we <laughs> first intended for you to play it, or else. Exactly.
3: And so, <laughs> the fact that they left out those those first three Wonder Seeds is actually, um, in ma- many people view it as somewhat of an oversight. Because
0: yes. But now we got to deal with them doing a live update, and then that's true. They that. can still
2: they could do still that. do a live update. So we could be seeing like a fastest speed run possible in just this time window, and then after yes. that, all the fast speed runs mm-hmm. will have to. We'll have to do the first three worlds. Right. Yes,
3: yes. I mean, people will often um, not update their games if they're going to that's, be doing speedrunning. That's true that's, yeah, true. that's true. But
2: I mean, I I tried to stop updating Tears of the Kingdom because so you do the, dupe glitch. Mm-hmm. the dupe glitch. Yeah. Uh, that they patched, but unfortunately, I was too late, and my system already auto updated it
4: before I went to turn off <laughs> oh, auto updates. <yeah>, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yep. So that I think this the current. I mean, it's under two hours now. I believe. Dang. Um. The record with so, that glitch. With that glitch. With the
1: glitch.
0: Yeah. Huh. So well, it says a testament to like the game's length, though that like mm-hmm. even true. though that <laughs> they skipped half of it, it's still two hours long as a speedrunner. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. So, I
2: mean, that's a lot of content. I like the sound of that.
3: Yeah, I mean, they still have to do the last three worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't skip. I mean, there's like other small skips throughout, right. but um, yeah, those and are so more the, within the levels.
0: Testifies to the fact, but...
3: But yeah, that's the cool. major glitch that they found recently.
0: Speaking of skips, we skipped to the past in Fortnite.
1: Court, yeah. can you tell us? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so, okay, so Fortnite.
3: Fortnite.
1: I, 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 Fortnite. <laughs> so I mentioned this uh, last time, right? That That coming up, Fortnite was doing a big thing where they were taking the next month of November and basically reverting the game back to its original state from like twenty eighteen. Um, like going back in time. And that happened, like Ben said, yesterday on uh, well, not yesterday as of this being posted, but yesterday as of recording, November 3rd. And it was pretty crazy. Me and my roommates, we spent a good amount of time yesterday messing around, playing. It was they very faithfully recreated the original like Fortnite map like it is mm. for better and for worse like it is like a lot of the newer stuff that we've kind of taken for granted is not in the game anymore like a lot of well, the newer things when you
2: say recreated couldn't they have just re-uploaded the same file they had but, from the beginning
1: yeah so i guess it, it, it they more or less did that like it is like all the textures are the same like the lighting and stuff is the new like the newer, like, lighting engine and things that they've had. New Unreal lighting engine? Yeah, the new Unreal. But, like, it is very, very, like, the map is identical. Like, the gameplay is, like, the loop pool and, like, like, the normal, like, just gameplay loop is identical to how it was back then. Things are, like, you know, ammo and weapons and heals are a lot more sparse now. Like, that's how they were back then. Mm. And there's, like, a lot... It it feels like a very different game because the game has changed a lot in the last, you know, five years since 2018. Mm -hmm. And so to go back, it's kind of an interesting... It it was kind of weird for me and then for, like, there are, like, kind of three different perspectives that I've got on it because there's people who primarily played during that time and haven't played much of the new stuff, which is, like, my brothers, who were like, oh, this is great. Like, this is, like... This is exactly the Fortnite that I knew, you know. And then there's me who played a little bit back then and has like a nostalgia about it, but played primarily in the newer. And so like it was fun to like go around and see all this old stuff that I remember from way back when. And well, I think there's
0: also a third point of view. I just started playing Fortnite. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. got into it with this latest season. Yeah. And you like it. Like um well playing the original well, the newer ones I've you know having fun I'm enjoying it mm-hmm. um but playing go back to the original I'm not enjoying it that much I much like the newer systems and all the stuff that oh, has been added since then
1: yeah so, so that, that, yeah that's what I was going to say so like there's like I'm I can see the nostalgia but I'm also like I miss the newer things. And then yeah, there's most of my roommates who like Ben have only recently started playing.
0: I don't have any nostalgia attached to it. There's no
1: nostalgia. Like, yeah, but This is just missing a lot bad. of the, Yeah, just missing <laughs> a lot of the newer quality of life stuff. And so I think it's kind of an interesting I don't know. You I I was talking about it with my roommates and I was saying it this was a really smart way for Fortnite to do this because for years now you've had a huge section of the player base that's been like Oh, new Fortnite is stupid. Like, you know, peak Fortnite was season five, you know, like of chapter one, like, like back in 2018, like that was the peak of Fortnite and it'll never get better than that. But really speaking, a lot of that was nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know, was, was nostalgia talking and kind of rose tinted glasses. And so I think it's really smart for Fortnite to do this where they bring back that time. I mean, in all of its good and its bad. And kind of can kind of like bring that nostalgia back for those people, but also kind of show them that like, Hey, you know, it, it was fun, but it really wasn't everything you remember. You know, like (laughs) there's a lot of stuff. I think by the end of this, like, and it's also smart of them to only do it for a month because I think by the end of this month, even the most hardcore of like OG Fortnite was the best are going to be like, okay, I want to go back. Like (laughs) are are, going to, are going to be ready to, the nostalgia will be there and it'll be cool. But by the end of the month, there's definitely going to be a consensus that, yeah, no, it, it, yeah. We, it's time to go back. The occasional like, dip into <laughs> the
2: the old nostalgia. I wonder what would happen <clears> if like <throat> Minecraft tried the oh. same thing. Where like they'd have just a, a week or so or a month or so of of like uh, maybe 1.2, yeah. you know, the well, the, thing the is adventure though, update. <laughs> with, Mi-
0: with Minecraft, you can pretty easily go back to the older versions. Well, I mean,
2: yeah, but you still have to go out of your way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh well, it's a lot easier mean, than
0: it would be for like something like Fortnite trying yeah, to go back to that's map, true.
2: first map. Uh that's very true. It is still a lot easier than that. But I do wonder how like the the just general conversation from the Minecraft community would be if like Minecraft did that same kind of thing of like, we're going to re-showcase where we were so you can remember all that's come since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's it's an interesting cause it's like. I mean, I feel like it would be quite a bit different. Since Minecraft is is a, is a much different experience than Fortnite, but oh yeah, but like even I mean, but in some ways it would be a lot of the same. Like there'd be that nostalgia, but there'd be a uh, lot of like, oh man, I miss when I could do this, and I miss uh-huh. when there was all this cool this stuff. This feature,
2: and, and, and like and yeah, like I miss these biomes and stuff that yeah. were added since. I exactly. miss the the more interesting Nether, for example. If we if we were to stick with that, the one point two update example, mm-hmm. yeah. Um so, so yeah, I, yeah, mean, I mean that, it's
1: it definitely it is a lot of fun. I am very glad that it's only a month. Because <laughs> it's like because it is that is a perfect amount of time for there to be that kind of hit of nostalgia. And they're they're not just keeping it the same for a month. It'll be like they're going through the last five seasons of chapter one, mm. speed running it in a month. So it's like this first week is season five, then they'll add an update next week that makes it season six. And then they'll have an update the next week that kind of is like a mix of seven and eight. And then the next one will be eight and ni- or nine and 10. Okay. And mm-hmm. so it'll, it'll be pretty like fast paced and changing, but well, are yeah. they,
0: are they also changing like between months, they're going to make it season uh, chapter two. And then no, that, so it's just going back to season just the, just yeah. chapter one. Just, one. just like,
1: this is part of like the overarching story is that we've traveled back in time. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's why we're here in the past is just for this time. And then, Come December, Chapter Four will be over. We'll have a completely brand new map, and it will be Chapter. It will be the beginning of Chapter Five with okay. Chapter Five mm-hmm. Season
2: One. You know, speaking of the story, I want to know how this guy fits into it because I just noticed this dude, this jacked dude right here, who has a cat emoji for a head. Yes. Like <laughs> yes. Um, to to uh. <laughs> I've seen the ones that are like okay. I have the like bear helmet thing. But this dude literally looks like that's his actual head.
1: That is his actual head. He is a very buff cat. His name is meow uh Meowsles. Meowsles. <laughs> Meowsles. Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh he was back in chapter 2 season 2 there was this organization of spies that were like a big part of the story. Cats versus dogs. Well, no. Two. And and the the lead the lead guy of the of the spy organization Midas who could turn things gold, you know, like King Midas, but he was like a uh-huh. spy. Um had a pet cat. And his pet cat was a big giant buff cat. That's wasn't pe- wasn't that guy exactly? This is like a variant of him. This is like a a version of him, like a different outfit version of him with uh, like so the just a different stuff. skin. But mm-hmm. yeah, but same same like same character, just different. Like so they, this is some guy's like, pet. Yeah, basically, it's they've had a lot of different versions of me. Okay, <laughs> over over the over the years since, but yeah, Mister Fortnite, Mister where Mr. he fits in the story more or less. But um anyway, it's fun. The other thing that's crazy about it is it has brought so many new players to the game. Um, They hit a peak of over 5 million concurrent players Nice, Yesterday, which Mm -hmm. since they've started sharing their player, like, their active player count, it usually hovers... I think the the highest they've had since they started sharing it in April of this year was, like, roughly 2 million, and that was, (laughs) like, the peak. Mm. And then it shot past that, then past that 3 million to 4 million, and then past 5 million all yesterday. 5 million hey, that's concurrent impressive. active players, <laughs> which we don't know for sure because they haven't shared uh, like active players before that point, but that could very well be the highest concurrent active player. that. That's pretty cool. Good on might be. them. I don't know, but yeah, their servers were struggling. There was a queue. <laughs> you had to wait in a queue to get in because it was like... Was, but
2: hey, at least when you're waiting in queues, it's because there's so many people trying to get on and not because their servers were crap to begin right. with, like oh, okay. Overwatch yeah, yeah. 2 first launched. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, like, I've,
1: there have been, mm-hmm. I mean, I think probably maybe two or three times that I've actually had to wait in a queue to get into a Fortnite server, and all of those times it's just because it's like the launch of a new season and everyone and their dog is trying to log on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, a lot of fun. Definitely. A very good object lesson in the dangers of nostalgia blinding, though. Like, yes, it's fun to go back and be nostalgic, but important to not take for granted the new things that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I think that lesson can apply to a lot of different stuff. You know, I think we look back at games like Mario 64 and we're like this is the peak of mario and it's like yeah i did. like mario was just, cool was awesome. it was really good but it was really good but like you're also just remembering your childhood right like you you, you can't you're like mario odyssey is objectively a better game just because like it's has yeah. got because
2: yeah, they like, they, they took everything they learned while doing mario 64 and then did more Right. you know it's yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. an it's an opportunity for them to just keep making better yeah now not everybody keeps making better of taking like
0: yeah speaking of taking things for granted uh, what's going on with halo infinite's prices
1: oh yeah, so oh, yeah, what's the deal there uh we were we also talked about this a little bit in these last few weeks, but uh Halo infinite has been going through a bit of a, a renaissance you know a a a rebirth of sorts and it's it's been getting a lot of like the whole halo infinite forge getting ai tools so that you basically create your own like campaign maps and your own like levels against ai enemies and stuff and we talked about like the pokemon map that someone made where you could actually throw a ball and it would spawn Mm -hmm. ai and stuff anyway lots of cool (laughs) stuff but with that you know they couldn't just make something good and then and then leave it untouched mm-hmm. because it's three four three. Um, so they yep. also bumped up the prices in the shops, like the like for cosmetics, pretty significantly. Um, now there th- we reason- go again. Their reasoning for it, because people called them out. They were like, "Why can't you just do something good and then let it be good? Like why do you have to <laughs> And they were like, "And they were like, well, the reason is is basically when Halo Infinite launched." everything was locked to like certain armor cores so like you could have an armor core and if you got like a like a skin like I like a color coding then that could only be used on that armor core any like Ooh. helmets and armor pieces could only be used for that one armor core and people mm-hmm. were like this was the dumbest system ever why this and then recently they've kind of been reversing it a little bit like they've made some color coatings um like cross core and all new ones that have come out of in cross core but the big and when they did that they boasted up the prices a little bit. And then the like in this update they added it so that mo like a lot more color codings are cross core and helmets. All helmets can be used across any of the cores. And so their their explanation, I guess, for why we boosted the prices is like because they can be used on all the cores. Like some of these like Cosmetics can be used on other cores now, so they're worth more. And it's like it should. No, it so should. Like, it should have been no, those like, prices
0: for that system in the first place. It yeah, should have like, been the good yeah, system yeah, yeah. Like,
1: for the. You shouldn't be raising the prices for a system that was fundamentally broken, and you By are now you. all, <laughs> and then you are now putting in the effort to fix like, and then raising. It. Ah, it's just. It's just. We made a bad
2: system, and you told us you didn't like it. So now we're going to charge you more, so that you don't have to use it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's.
1: It seems a little goofy and it's kind of like, and it like I, there was a really cool interaction that I read about it where basically it was like this big YouTuber, like influence halo influencer who posted online on Twitter and was like, why did they do this? Like kind of like to the developers, like mm-hmm. added a few of them and was like, you know, like this is our concerns with this. And then the developer like responded and was like, this is why we raised the prices. This is why we feel like this is like why we were justified. blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, I disagree and I think there's like a lot of disconnect from the Halo community and the and the developers but I really appreciate like the communication. And I don't know, it was just it was a cool mm. little like side note but it was just a cool little like very respectful com- like that's communication good. between them. And I'm good. like that's that I really like. You know, I really like when there's just like communication like they didn't just raise the prices and then be like weak you like we're not <laughs> like we're not going to tell you why, you know, like we're gonna, you know, we we do what we want. Like, they tried to explain it. Is it a good explanation? No. no. Should no. they have done it at all? No, but at least they're like. At, at least, least they're, they're communicating, talking to us, you know? which is definitely like, better than a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's overall a victory with this new season of Halo Infinite, but. They, you know, they can't just let it be good and 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 leave it alone. I've won, gotta, but at what cost? They've got to, they've got to mar the victory in some way, I guess. Mm. But yeah,
2: wouldn't wouldn't be a modern AAA game developer if they didn't mar the victory somehow.
1: <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> anyway,
0: yeah. So you got AI tools for Forge and stuff. What about games being made completely by AI?
1: Yes, those are two very different kinds of AI. But but yeah. So um
0: <laughs> angry, pumpkins. angry pumpkins,
1: now <laughs> look at
2: that Angry, angry Birds rip-off art style. No, no, hundred no, percent.
1: But this is so this <laughs> blew my mind when I read about it this morning. Um this game i gotta look this up. This game was made entirely by one dude using nothing but AI. So like Mid Journey, Dolly, and Chat GPT made this game, and he just put the pieces together. Like, he, so it's this guy who, like, specializes, like, he has, like, experience in game development, but he specializes in, like, making AI images and making AI things, and he basically put this out there that he was, like, I had chat GPT, write the code. Like I, under, like, I gave it prompts, but I was basically, like, write me this code, and it wrote me the code. He's, like, I had mid-journey make me the sprites and the, like the like the backgrounds. And then I had Dolly make me the, um, because Dolly three has the best, uh, like actual like text right now. He's was like, mm-hmm. I had Dolly make me the, the title screen. And he's like, and I put them all together and made a fully functioning angry birds rip off, rip off, <laughs> you know, like,
2: I mean, this really just looks like a decent quality, except there's no slingshot Halloween themed rip off of Angry Birds. No, and it totally
1: is and, and and he he fully acknowledges that he's like this is an Angry Birds rip off. He's like I specifically told the AI to emulate Angry Birds' art style and like gameplay. Wow. <laughs> like he's like it, like it is 100% an Angry Birds ripoff. He's like but he's like but I made this sort of I mean AI made it, but like the whole process of making of creating this game took a single person about 10 hours to do hmm. which is crazy like wow and it's more of like a proof of concept of like this is like as ai gets better i mean we'll be able to eventually just be like hey make me a I've sandwich got a cool game idea make me this game <laughs> and then ai will just cook it up
2: yeah the, like, the question that definitely comes with this is will it be able to cook up any game that's not pretty much a clone or combination of two existing games know. yeah mm-hmm. i mean yeah and uh, there's a comment right here from from the guy who made it he said although the game is just 600 lines of which i haven't written any programming was the most challenging part as you can see i got into adding many details like different particle effects different types of objects etc and to this day we're still not at a point where gpt4 can generate an entire game with just a prompt mm. but i have no doubt that in the future we'll be able to create triple a video games just by asking for it mm.
1: Will that be in the near future? Probably Probably not. (laughs) But I 100% can imagine a future however many years down the line where you can basically just be like, hey, make me Uh, Half-Life 3, I don't know. (laughs) If if only. I want Half-Life (laughs) 3. You know, like, like, this is the foundation of this kind of technology where we can basically just... And, you know, AI is advancing so fast. Like, it's crazy, but... But, yeah, I mean, like, he made this game completely using AI. None of this was him handcrafting any of this. Yeah. And it, like, like, what blew me away was there was a developer that was like, hey, like, I developed games in Unity for, like, um, for a while. You know, he's like, this, like, a game of this quality with all the programming and stuff would have taken, like, a team usually probably, like, a week or so. Like, I don't know, like... I don't know, a while to, mm-hmm. like, to fully come together. up, like, make all the art, make all the everything, you know, oh, like, goodness. make make all the programming work and everything. He's like, but the fact that it was this one guy <laughs> with AI able mm-hmm. to do it in, like, 10 hours. like You know,
2: <laughs> game jams are going to either be fundamentally changed or are going to need to implement strict... Rules and policing for use of AI, mm-hmm. yeah, because you know if, if they're all like your challenge is to make a game within 24 hours, and everyone just does this, right? Mm-hmm. Then, but again, like it's it's currently only able to create a Halloween themed clone of Angry Birds, now a well functioning one, but
1: I mean, we say currently in the, I mean. He this, set okay, so this out with the specific, did. like I mean, like yeah, he, this was his so intention.
4: He, he
0: no, no, no. AI is only able to make Angry Birds games. There are <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no other types are are. <laughs> oh, 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 laws laws of games. Angry Bird is able to, <laughs> but like he AI shared, like
1: because he was super like open about this. Like he was like he was like because this is more of like a proof of concept. He like he went out and shared like the specific prompts that he put into each thing to get this outcome. Like hmm. his whole Let's like process, and all of it is very like from the get go like. Make make it an Angry Bird spinoff, like you know, and I don't know. It's just kind of cool. It's the concept is just. I mean, it's definitely fascinating in concept, and I gotta
2: say, like the guys, putting stuff together very well. This makes me wonder if we're about to see an explosion of just like those people whose job, those companies mm-hmm. who just pump out cheap. Crappy mobile games oh, like yeah. six yeah. a day.
3: They'll start doing they, it. I'm yeah. sure.
4: I wouldn't even 100%. be
2: surprised if they were already doing it, you oh, know, yeah. and just weren't being public yeah. about it. Whereas this guy's like, hey, I did this thing, and the rest of them are like,
4: Oh we
2: haven't been doing wow, that. That's such
1: a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> well, and the nice thing is, like, I mean, this guy is super open, he's not trying to sell this. You yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: he's he... he's honest. Now, we're going to see plenty of floodgates of people being dishonest about it. Right, yeah. sure. but for sure. very much respect for. Javi Lopez, I might have mispronounced Javi, that name, Javi, Javi yeah. Lopez, that makes more sense. <laughs> Javi Lopez, uh, respect for your honesty and openness, and also showing it so that if anyone else wants to follow your process, they can do right. it as well, that's, well the, that's good.
1: The other cool thing is he said, he, he, he basically said, I put, you know, I used 600 or so different prompts, and, he's, and he said a lot of that was just me translating from Spanish to English. Because he said that he did most of the prompts in Spanish, oh. interesting. Because he, assumingly, speaks native Spanish. Yeah, sounds and like it. He said like he did most of it in Spanish, and then just had the AI translate it to a degree. So <laughs> it's very yeah. accessible in that sense as well. Yeah, which is kind of cool.
2: Kind of reminds me of I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard this rumor that uh, a part of the process for naming new cards designed for Magic: The Gathering
4: mm.
2: is that you you take a a description essentially of what the card is. Like if it's a creature, like, you know, fiery dragon or something like that. And then I forget what language it was. It might've been Chinese, Mm. but like there's multiple different versions of Chinese. Um, And then you translate it there and back a couple times through Google translate Mm. and it ends up coming out with a cooler sounding name (laughs) in English. (laughs) And I've, I've tried this a few times and the process works.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and so it's I kind of
2: imagine. fun that the like just slight changes between descriptive words right. as you translate back and forth between languages, uh, which kind of reminds me of what he did here. He's like, "Yeah, I wrote a bunch in Spanish and then translated it into English." I'm like, "Oh, it's like naming a magic card." Yeah.
4: <laughs> now, again,
2: I I don't know if it's confirmed that they actually use that as a part of their process, but it's... like I tested it and it seemed to produce similar results to what you see on Magic: The Gathering card right. names. So it's got some plausibility. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think he was kind of saying it more as just a, it's cool that I can do this mm-hmm. in Spanish, you know, in my native language. And he was just kind of acknowledging that it's it's kind of cool that that he was able to do this whole process in yeah. in his native language. But it's and anyway, it's it's a cool like, and I I booted it up and played it this morning. Was oh. it fun? It's pretty fun. They, they, he also added it so that you can essentially there's like little commands that you can make mm-hmm. so you can. Like clear the whole map, and then you can like add enemies. Oh, I think I and saw. that. In the yeah, video. you can just yeah. throw things Lots in yourself. Just, you can kind of make your own levels. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. a really cool. Anyway, that's very cool. like proof of concept. Very, you know, simple game, but the fact that he was able to make it in.
0: Yeah, he didn't use yeah. any engines for it, right? Uh, or did he?
1: I, uh, oh, I, think. I don't
0: know. It
2: sounds like he used. Um, well, he said it was only 600 lines of code. Yeah. Right. Which is not a lot
1: mm-hmm. for a
2: game. So there's a decent chance that uh, it was just coded to run simply enough. I mean, there's a. Ch- I mean, maybe he pulled some un- like Unity engine. I hope not Unity, knowing how that's yeah. been recently. But does, <laughs> I mean, it, it seems mention. like
1: I. I it kind of seems like it just like when you boot it up, it just opens up in its own little web browser. I think he just kind of.
2: It, it probably just has its own like very web. basic engine yeah, that it like runs it's off very of. Very basic, yeah
1: it's um, very interesting the code is just I mean he basically said he got it to to write the code got gpt chat gpt to write the code and then he just Kind of what I'm there. wondering
2: is how ChatGPT was able to so effectively replicate the uh, gameplay and physics of Angry Birds. Did it did it read the code for Angry Birds when it was being you know fed information as
1: a part of its development? Do we know if I that mean, was the case? I don't
0: think it needed to. I think it's just like it's a it's a very generic kind of physics style code. Yeah, yeah. and also
1: constantly. he said it took him a lot of like
0: of retries
1: <laughs> of, yeah, of yeah of different prompts to get a workable code. So
2: yeah, which Like, that's one thing, is a lot of people think it's super easy, which it it comparatively is to make things with AI, but there definitely is a process. There's so much massaging you need to do Mm -hmm. of, like, altering prompts and, like, tweaking this and that to really get something that looks good and polished Mm -hmm. to where it's developing almost into its own type of of, of skill set that admittedly mm-hmm. is a lot easier and simpler than learning a coding language but is not as simple as give me a clone of angry birds it's like right. oh make it so that they fall slowly make it so that they you know uh give me the it, you have to you have to learn to talk in a way the computer yeah. can understand well, and
1: you you see people like this this guy like he's made like a whole like online personality and like almost living for himself becoming someone who's like mm-hmm. you see people and this guy's one of them who like specialize in mm-hmm. in and talking to ai like put, I, make, putting honestly, together prompts that will get you the results that you as, want as as much
2: know? as it sounds like a world building aspect from a sci-fi book from like the 80s i could honestly see a development of an industry around people who specialize in talking to computers just mm-hmm. being really mm-hmm. good at entering ai prompts and this that's how this becomes a more generally applicable tool that's just used all over the place, is you just have specialists for getting the AI to do what you want. We need want. to come up
1: with a cool name for them.
2: Code Talkers?
1: Code Talkers.
2: Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I can't, we can't take that away Sounds from the, like Navajo the Navajo Code, code talkers, talkers of World War mm. II. Need, they need like, to keep that title. It needs this. to be like
1: a cool like 80s sci-fi name. Like, okay. then we need yes. to coin it right now. Like,
2: all right, uh, viewers, uh, listeners, send in your suggestions for the names for these people who will be talking to the AI, what their job <laughs> positions will be called, uh, to Knights of the d podcast at gmail.com.
0: CodeMinds. Now that sounds Code good. Code The communators. I Com- feel like though communists. With this- <laughs> <laughs> You know,
2: because they, they commune with the computer, so they're communisting. <laughs> and anyway. <laughs> what were
3: you gonna say, Lily? Um I mean, the thing with at least how it currently is running um, AI, you do have to have some specialty in whatever field you are trying to replicate material in. Mm. So I know at BYU, a couple of, um, researchers who use AI to begin the process of writing their papers. Mm. Um, but you do have to still know, um, how to write a paper in order for it to be done effectively because...
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, like this guy mentions that he he's not just an AI kind yeah. of like guy. He mm-hmm. has years of experience in the game development industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he, he knows what he's doing outside of this. Which tool. is,
2: yeah, it must be how he knows how to ask. I mean... Like, in a similar thing, I've got a class right now that I'm taking where the teacher said, like, you can use uh, AI like ChatGPT to help you write your paper, right. but not to write your paper for you. Because right. mm-hmm. exactly. believe me, if you try to do that, I will know. Yeah. And I will dock your score or what, maybe even give it, you Because it will
3: make up sources. It will. Exactly. Yeah, it will. 100%.
2: But if you manage to use it as a tool, use it effectively as a means of, like, helping you organize your thoughts or create prompts or kind of smooth over
0: different things or even mm-hmm. be just a grammar checker, Yeah. you mm-hmm. know. It has its uses. So I think one of my favorite uses for my papers is I like it to help have it it help me make outlines for my papers.
4: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. which is super useful. I mean, Mm -hmm.
3: honestly, inputting an outline and then having it flesh out kind of a a draft of a paper is also a super effective way because half of Mm. the work is turning your outline into a paper. Right. Mm -hmm. Um,
4: And then
2: even once you have that first draft, you got to revise. You got to change. Which is hey, just like what we were talking about with where you got to massage the results of AI generated stuff to kind of get what what works out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we're we're starting to see more and more as people develop this a more useful application where again it's a skill-based thing. You have to have knowledge in mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to get out of it. So which means there there's no longer there there isn't a threat of killing expertise because you need yeah. the expertise right. to use it right. Where it's starting to move more and more into the realm of being a tool. Now it's not to say there won't be uh, people just trying to make a quick buck off of cheaply ripping things off using AI. <laughs> yeah, there, there will always be will the person be. who tries to screw the system. That's just life. You know, there's always been, there will always be. But there's it's, always uh, been? <laughs> there's there
3: always, is been. always <laughs> been.
2: I am inevitable.
3: It does make me wonder also the implications. I mean, last week we were talking about how with Nintendo... Um their new terms of service, their new regulations with not being able to have those tournaments, will people start using this to, to say like get make me a Smash Bros regulations <laughs> yeah. that game companies put into their games? Honestly,
2: mm-hmm. there there's a I'd say that's really possible. I wouldn't be surprised if people were to try and use AI to replicate Super mm-hmm. Smash Bros so we could have essentially Smash Bros tournaments, but without dealing with Nintendo's really anti-consumer, Policies yeah. on yeah.
1: that would be a heavy ask for AI in its current state. Yeah, it's in its current, current state, state, yeah. But in, take... in the future, yeah. you could
3: see that being an avenue that people take. And it also comes into copyright issues. How do you navigate? You yeah. know, how much of it is mm-hmm. the intellectual property and, of? And, the how sure? game creators. and how do we make sure? Absolutely. And how do we make
2: sure that we aren't scraping code, even if the end user yeah. who is yeah. like just using the AI platform doesn't know it? How do we? Yeah. Enforce that the people feeding information into the AI system aren't scraping code to try and bank off of that, you know, yeah. game yeah. cloning. Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's an interesting because the the onslaught of or the onslaught the onset I guess <laughs> of AI as a whole just across all of it, across all industries has raised all these different legal questions. You know, oh yeah, and so like I don't know. There's people. It seems like we all kind of fall into this category that are kind of of the opinion that AI is best used as a tool to assist human things. There are some people who are very much just like, let AI do all the work. That, I don't know. Yeah. But there, but then there are also people who are just avidly against anything AI. And it was interesting for me to go through the comments on this guy's Twitter mm-hmm. post. And just all these people calling him just the most horrid things. Like, just mm-hmm. insulting him and his family and his mother. And I don't know, like, you know, just like, <laughs> like, just... Just ripping into him for having the gall to use AI, and I'm like, that seems a little intense. Like, I mean, like he's he's being very honest and open about it, and it's not like he's trying to sell this, you know. Like, Mm -hmm. like I don't know. It's it's an interesting. I mean, something very there's a lot of discourse along. Something very similar
2: happened when uh, Corridor Digital uh, developed an AI process to To make like an AI anime, exactly to create an anime style. Uh, production where, but if you then go and watch, they did not only a behind the scenes video, but they also did a video where they showed it to some like longtime Disney animators who I think are retired now, but like brought original sketches from when they worked on The Lion King Mm
4: -hmm. and some
2: other classic Disney movies um, who then pointed out like this isn't even so much of AI animation as it is an advanced method of rotoscoping Mm
4: -hmm. and,
2: and image filtering. Yeah. that that the guys at Quarter Digital developed. And they even point out, like, there were so many things in the end product that weren't AI created.
4: Because mm.
2: if you watch, they did, like, these different effects. Like, maybe someone would move and there'd be, like, a little gust of wind or something or there'd mm-hmm. be an explosion. And those were all animated in traditional methods. Right. Mm-hmm. And... They were all placed where they needed to be based off of the same kind of logic and reasoning and skill application that you would use Mm -hmm. in traditional animation. And those guys pointed this out. He's like, yeah, you used these AI tools to rotoscope the footage you took of yourselves and then filter the images to replicate a style that you fed into it from an older anime that you wanted to kind of borrow from, which which did draw a lot of uh, criticism, Mm -hmm. which I think is admittedly... The fairest criticism they've gotten on this yeah. is that they just grabbed a bunch of screen captures from a, an anime from, like, I think the early They wanted 2000s. to recreate a certain style exactly. of this. Uh, whereas I think the the more ethical approach would be to hire a bunch of concept artists to put together the style mm-hmm. that you're trying to uh, use and mm-hmm. then take those things as more original pieces. Yeah. But, like, they did point out, like, everything you did, that you composed, that you put together, uh was still using the same set of skills with artists, with artistic Mm -hmm. design choices, artistic uh, efforts and this and that. And you had to, they still put a lot of manual work into it. It's just that the AI sped along the process of rotoscoping. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but still like, I I remember watching a video that someone made just to criticize them was talking about how this isn't art. It's not this. And it was just like a, you know, 15 minute long rant I'm just always turning back to it would have been but it was made with AI so it's not yeah. it's just theft and I'm like theft with AI happens. I've mm-hmm. seen it happen and I am very much against it happening but you gotta look at how these guys are still artists working yeah. with their processes. And, and that's
1: like yeah like you, you have these extremists who are like if there's anything AI involved in it at all it is evil it is awful it is and it's just like It's not like, no, you know, like there's, there are evil ways to use AI for sure. There are Mm -hmm. non-ethical ways, but that does not mean that every AI usage is non-ethical, you know, like,
2: like, remember we talked a few weeks ago about, uh, with the Phantom Liberty DLC for cyberpunk, how they used AI and an actor doing an impression of an actor who had died Mm. to meld that impression into a more accurate rendition of the deceased actor's voice so that that character could continue to be in the story with the permission of his family, you know, and with respect to him as someone Mm -hmm. they worked with. Like, I love seeing all these emerging examples of people being honest with AI, people being open, and people sharing, like, ways that they can use these tools to just
0: continue making art. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. As long as it's used as a tool to access things that are basically outside of basic human <clears throat> skill and not something that is just like trying to cut corners yeah. exactly if you're just trying to cut corners then you get stuff like this where you know you have like i'm sure that's a very cool splash art for the game but it's also very clearly ai generated
1: right 100 <laughs> percent. but like it is it is kind of crazy how quickly AI is advancing though. Like it is I mean, I feel like this like this whole conversation about like, oh, like AI generated images and now like voice AI and different things like that. I mean, that was not even a thing that was on people's radar a year ago. And now it's like now it's, <laughs> it's everywhere. All over. Like yeah. it is advancing so fast.
2: It is. And I I do still think that the um I don't think it will ever get to a point where you can truly match what a creative and skilled person will make yeah. uh, just through AI, especially if it's just some random person entering a prompt, make me this. Right. But I definitely feel like as we develop these tools, they will be better and better tools, and you'll start to see those creative, skilled people working amazing things mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. And that sounds good to me. Yeah. I think we've been on this subject for a while. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> a let's
0: move on to the next one. Um, so this guy made this game very... In an independent manner.
2: <laughs> Wonderful transition. Okay. What are
0: some other indie games we can yeah. talk about, Kyle? There's, there's <laughs> a
2: handful of indie games I wanted to talk about just because I've, I've found them uh, through, uh, well, just through you know browsing some, some information about recent game releases. And uh, actually, this one's upcoming. Uh, worldless is the first one I want to talk about.
4: Worldless.
2: Yeah, so what this is, this is kind of fun. Maidenless. Maiden. <laughs> Maidenless. So first of all, I just want to talk about the gorgeous looking art style for this game. Like, look at that cover art. Ain't that pretty? It's beautiful. Um, pretty. So what this is, is it's a Metroidvania type game with exploration, but it has a new method of combat. Now, I've I'm not as familiar. It looks really cool. I'll just put it this way. Like... <laughs> it kind of looks like you're mixing some almost like street fighter-esque fighting game mechanics, Mm -hmm. but without like, I don't think it's specific button press combos, but it's more of just a general strategic idea. And you've Mm -hmm. got the side scrolling, you know, multiple moves you're trying to use uh, combat. And then there are these various cues you need to watch out for, for what your enemies are going to do um, to where it's, it's a bit more of a, of a tactical type of combat, where you're really thinking about it instead of just, oh, I'm playing Ori, I get the hammer and just keep swinging, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, But at the same time, it's Metroidvania-style exploration. And I gotta say, like, I've seen this video, it's got this kind of, like, starry sky-themed everything, and as you're walking, you kind of look like a constellation with, like, a a shield and a javelin. And... very cool. Yeah, if you want to see the animations on the combat here, it looks... Gorgeous. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest, um, and some people might get after me for this, but I actually, there's something that bothers me about the visuals on Ori and the Will of the Wisps. <laughs> and it's not Ori himself. It's not the enemies. It's the map. I don't know why, but I see the thistles, and I see the mushrooms, and I see just the what's on the walls, and for some reason it makes me go, la,
4: <laughs>
2: And I don't get it because it's a very good game. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's like, I mean, it widely regarded as one of the best Metroidvanias ever made Mm. for good reason. And yet I can't bring myself to actually go and play it because every time I see little, the little guy run through that thicket of brambles and you hear the kind of, and you see it shake in the foreground of the screen as is it's just a little, you know, set piece. Mm. It bothers me.
1: (laughs) But But like, you can't explain it.
2: I can't explain it. I, I don't understand.
1: I haven't played Ori, so I don't know. Yeah.
2: Um, every time I keep getting flashbacks of this really crappy, like DS fungus man or whatever game that one of my little brothers got
1: Fungus man.
2: Um, and I don't know if it's just some weird cringe instinct from that game that somehow Ori is triggering. I don't know. That's my best theory. But anyway, this game, however, does have an art style that I am absolutely all in for. It looks gorgeous. It's set to release on November 21st. Um, I believe it's on Xbox Game Pass and Nintendo Switch. Ooh,
1: if it's on Game Pass, I might give it a shot then.
2: Yeah, uh, the Nintendo Switch releases is uh, the 21st of November. Um, I do not see on here mm. where the um, Game Pass release is, but I saw the logo for it at the end of the uh, combat trailer video. Mm. It looks really cool. So that's a fun thing coming out in the world of indie gaming. Uh, Everybody go check out Worldless, see if it's a game you'd like to...
1: What? Maidenless.
2: (laughs) Go check out Maidenless, a.k.a. go play Elden Ring for crying out (laughs) 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 loud. Up next, uh, Dead Cells now has a Netflix edition that released on Halloween. We did not talk about this last time, but Mm. yeah, Dead Cells Netflix edition Netflix (laughs) gaming has always been weird. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I've never tried it. Have you tried it? I have. It's how is it? It's interesting. It's like it's basically just like you get to access these little mobile game style things that are connected to various like IPs. Like there's a Stranger Things. Mm
1: -hmm. Like is it all like streamed or is it?
0: It, it, uh, I'm not sure exactly. I haven't tested it too much. All I know is there was some kind of arcane thing that I played around with, mm-hmm. but I can't remember. It's it been was a while. So, so mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So with with this one, a standard Netflix subscription gives you access to the game on both iOS and Android devices.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's uh, it, yeah. So you, you don't even run it through like your your TV remote or anything, guys. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Back when they used to put games on DVDs with remember. the movie, oh yeah, yes. and it was literally like the just... Lion King one and a half. <laughs> one. Uh-huh. I remember that and, one. And most of the time, it was literally it was either like a trivia game,
4: yep,
2: or it like a choose like, your own adventure, or it was like a choose your own adventure where it's like it'll take you up to this point and then it stops and you got to choose right, left, or forward, you know, yeah. uh-huh. or like I remember there was one of those for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the one where they had like you know the rubber suits and the oh, yeah. animatronic heads. Uh, That one where you're basically going through the sewers trying to avoid getting killed by the Shredder. (laughs) And it looked like really crappy early 2000s uh, graphics. (laughs) And uh, there was one on the Despicable Me disc that was literally just one of the arcade games where you had to essentially press enter at the right time and you'd like... It's just one of those uh, fair games, basically. Uh And for rewards, you could pick from just different items in in the story and then you would hear a line from it related to there. Like there's a cookie robot and you'd hear Gru go like, now that is a cookie robot and that was a terrible Gru impression.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, me and Ben were doing Gru impressions in the drive over here. unrelated. The, but uh, <laughs> hit
2: me with your best Gru impression.
0: Dr. Of... Nefario. <laughs> I can't. Ah, Dr. Nefario.
1: Dr. Nefario. <laughs> I, I feel like we're do, starting like, something more like Doofenshmirtz. <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> ah, Dr. Nefario.
2: Dr. Nefario.
0: Just as I suspected. <laughs> anyway.
2: Yeah, so a Netflix subscription can get you access to play Dead Cells on what your is Dead phone. Cells? Uh, Dead Cells is a game that's been around for a little while now. Here, let me pull up.
0: I know it's some kind of like, I think it might be another Metroidvania, or like just kind of like a Haiti-style uh,
2: Hades is a roguelike.
0: Mm-hmm. As in um, like is it a roguelike.
2: Yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's a 2D platforming um let's see. Uh, 2018 roguelike metroidvania game developed and published by Motion Twin. The player takes the role of an am- amorphous creature called the Prisoner. Uh hold on, I'm going to read the Wikipedia oh, article cuz I've actually never played Dead Cells. Uh, but I've heard enough like mention of it that I know it's pretty popular. Mm. Uh, as the prisoner, the player must fight their way out of a diseased island in order to slay the island's king. The player gains weapons, treasure, and other tools through exploration of the procedurally generated levels. Um, oh, Dead Cells features a permadeath system, causing the player to lose all items and other abilities upon dying. <laughs> uh, but you can purchase permanent upgrades. So it's uh, that is kind of a, a neat combination of both the, the roguelike genre and the Metroidvania genre, which previously weren't quite the same. But uh, that's pretty neat. So anyway, yeah. I like
1: how there's just straight up Castlevania over here on the left <laughs> This is mm-hmm. literally Castlevania over there. <laughs> which makes sense because Netflix has their Castlevania show, right?
2: Yeah, so where's Metroid on this uh, diagram? <laughs> I'm not seeing him. Oh, yeah, but you, you see, I do remember the iconic look of the guy on Dead Cells where his face kind of looks like a wisp of flame mm-hmm. or smoke, you know, which is a fun bit of, of, of character design for the protagonist. Yeah. So, anyway, that's a that's a fun thing right there. And then the last bit... Um, where was it? Here we go. Volunteer the Ascension. Tears of Has... the... Volunteers <laughs> of the Kingdom. Volunteers of the Kingdom. The Ascension of Fortnite. I mean... <laughs> so, Volunteer the Ascension is another uh, Metroidvania, which a reviewer on GamesRadar described as the Elden Ring of Metroidvania in terms of map size. Wait, no, 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 that's not his. that's That was the developer. Oh. They they mm. said that that had become an inside joke among their development team <laughs> while they were making it, was that it could be the Elden Ring of Metroidvania in terms of map size. Now, this is a hand-drawn map, um, which looks beautiful, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. it's very pretty. They have all these different biomes and stuff. And um, let's see. It's
1: giving me World of Light vibes, to be honest. Uh,
2: a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. A little bit like World of Light from mm-hmm. Super Smash Bros., yeah. and uh let me just pull up real quick has it come out yet it is not out however it's coming very soon uh, it'll be available on steam and it has more than 40 hours of gameplay so wow. it's it's a de- it's a respectable size right yeah, there. respectable
0: yeah 40 yeah. hours <laughs>
2: Well, okay, not everyone can compete with 150 hours in a lot of From Software's games, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> like Elden Ring. 200 something hours in Assassin's Creed Valhalla?
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, did. this is an indie title, so I'd say a 40 hour uh, oh, gameplay yeah. time is still quite respectable. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be some party management uh, systems as well as just a handful of other fun things. And, Uh, dynamic 2D combat and fully voiced characters, all of which is very fun. I'm seeing a lot actually in recent years of fully voiced indie games, which is really fun for me as a voice actor Mm -hmm. (laughs) to hear, not just because I'm like, ooh, more things to audition for, but also just to know that um, indie games, because I mean, voice acting, you want to be able to pay actors well, and if you want good actors, they tend to cost a a fair bit. Mm -hmm. So to see that we're seeing a lot of indie developers who... Um, either have access to or through some other reason can or through some other means can get these these this quality voice acting uh so consistently in recent years is definitely something that I like to see mm. both from the world of voice acting to see that now there's just more opportunities to work with indie devs but also from the world of game development to see this increasing prosperity among indie devs. I'm really liking it on both fronts, so yeah. that's fun. There's actually, eventually I'd like to talk about another uh, fully voice-acted indie game that I've actually auditioned for a few roles in, haven't gotten either hmm. of them, but there's more to come, uh, which I'm still holding out for. Uh, but I'd like to give more details on that when it's closer to launch, because it's still a good ways
1: out. Undertale 2. Undertale <laughs> <laughs> 2. No. Holy voice acted.
2: Oh by. yeah, I, I auditioned for Papyrus and they didn't like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do a good Sans honestly. I can see you being you Sans. You can see me sans being and, Sans. Sans has a deep voice. You could totally do a. Oh, maybe
2: a maybe we should do a, a Kyle Dubbs Sans Kyle video. Dubbs <laughs> sans video.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's there we go. The Knights of the D Pad fan dub of fan Undertale. 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 Let's go. <laughs> I'm sure there's already been several fan several. dubs. Oh, yeah, I want to sure. be
0: the main character, the fallen child.
2: Does the child even have any lines? Nope. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's
2: that's the way I like it. Just want to sit there in front of the microphone recording room tone for a few hours. (laughs) The best job I've ever done.
0: (laughs) I mean, you get paid, right? There you go. That's the best way (laughs) to get paid. But no, yeah, going off of indie games, you go into particularly less indie games. Mm. We had BlizzCon just happen. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess happen, it's, happening. it's happening. It's kind of like an ongoing process. But I do have a few things that have been revealed so far. Um, first of all, Diablo 4 s- will have a first expansion called The Vessel of Hatred. <laughs> and along with Lovely. that, Diablo is making a tabletop RPG.
1: Hey! Like it's a you
0: know, D&D style mm-hmm. kind of like thing based off of Diablo. Interesting. Should be pretty fun. Um. There's also, there's going to be th- three more expansions of World of Warcraft, the World Soul Saga, which I'm honestly, I'm still kind of amazed that World of Warcraft still just continues going. Like yeah. I, I, I tried it and I was like, wow, this is nothing like the trailer. <laughs> oh no. This is, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> um, it's like, it's a very kind of a, what's it? Runescape. <coughs> A Runescape-style kind of game where it's just kind of like it's it's grinding and getting up your levels and uh, fighting bosses, but like huh. incredible uh, incredible animation for cinematics though.
2: Well, I mean, say. yeah, that's the that's the one thing Blizzard has never faltered on is their cinematics. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's fair. And then also with the World of Craft Classic is adding the Cataclysm expansion, which
2: Sounds is exciting. a thing. <laughs> I don't know anything about World of Warcraft, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't know if any of us have even played World of Warcraft. I
3: haven't. I have played the oh. very old PC. Okay. <laughs> very, very <laughs> the old. very old version. Version on the PC in, like, probably 2009.
2: You're a little far from your mic, Can. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, so, there we go. Yeah, you might like have. 2009. I played mm. it.
4: <laughs> okay. Um, so
0: Overwatch Two is getting their new hero called Mauga, a tank kind of like gunner guy. He has. He's just a big Samoan dude with uh, two Gatling guns. One called Gunny, one called Cha Cha.
1: He's <laughs> a big. He's a big Samoan guy. Mm-hmm. So he's. It, wait, his name was what was it? Mauga. So Mauga. he, he sound, it just sounds to me like Maui with guns. It—it—it's <laughs> kind of—it's it, you
0: look—you look him up.
2: It's basically that. Okay, I'm looking this up. I want to see this Honestly, guy. Honestly,
1: super mm-hmm. based. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Is it spelled M A U G A? Yep. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mauga. One hundred percent sold
1: two. on Maui. With oh guns.
2: my gosh, he totally does look like Maui. <laughs>
0: Maui with two big Gatling
2: guns. Well, I mean, like, think about it though. Maui is a major part of oh, very God, of cultural better, right? traditions throughout the Polynesian islands, right? Uh, of quite a few of them. So the fact that they drew spe- that they would draw specifically from Maui to be like this character inspired by that culture makes a lot of sense. Dude, he I mean, straight
1: up is just just straight Maui. Up is Maui, with, Maui with 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 two Gatling we guns. We need amazing.
2: a line where he says, "What can I say except you're welcome." Uh, like, just as a little Easter egg, mm-hmm. please. We're <laughs> like not going to go tattoos, too deep like into
0: what Malga's abilities are. Um, I'll let Aiden take care of that in two weeks from now. But um, next up we have Hearthstone. Their next major expansion is called Shadow in the Badlands, which looks like it's kind of like a Australia-style kind of thing. And so I don't know why they want to have an upside-down uh, he Hearthstone where everything is just... Permanently falling, but.
2: Uh, I don't know. If you play Hearthstone, let us know.
0: <laughs> and then Warcraft Rumble gets a launch cinematic and a launch game page trailer. So that's a new Blizzard game coming out called Warcraft Rumble. And then Phil Spencer also made a surprise appearance. Hey! In the opening hey, ceremony.
2: Nice, nice. So I bet Aiden was pretty excited about that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, probably. <laughs>
2: So I just want to say one more thing about Mauga. This is kind of making me think of a blend of Maui and the Heavy from Team Fortress 2. And I am 100% here for it.
0: (laughs) That sounds amazing. Watching the gameplay trailer, I think that's a pretty good comparison.
2: That sounds so amazing. And I love his charismatic smile, too. Like, Mm -hmm. look at that smile. That's great. This seems like a guy who could just be, be your bro, you know? You could go and just hang with him. A real bro. A real bro.
0: And then, so that's kind of all there's been with BlizzCon so far, but I do have a little something special that I get to read off. We had our number one fan, Scott, send us an email. First of all, um, went into great detail on how quantum computers are uh, like nothing, how Kyle (laughs) described them last week. So,
2: I mean, disclaimer, you know, I may have been a chemical engineering major, but I was not... A computer science major. <laughs> oh,
4: I don't know a lot. I have
1: to pause this conversation really quick because Mauga does in fact have an emote that references Maui.
4: Yeah?
2: You're welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love it.
3: Here. And a quick image for
2: Yeah, let's see him. Let's see it.
0: There you <laughs> Look at that swagger. <laughs> So yeah, Mauga. Maui. Maui. Always wondering looks, what we're saying by saying it's just Maui with guns, but Maui with it's two. <laughs> it's literally Maui with a, with a, with a pair Ma- of mini guns. Ma- guns. Moana, if Moana, Moana, if Maui had a gun, <laughs> <laughs> it's, longer. it's longer. Oh, it would be. <laughs> it's, it's no. It's like the t- it's shorter for just the entire story. The rest of it is getting the gun away from Maui. <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Okay. Um, the hook just turns him into yeah, an AC the, 130.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, uh, based off of. Do you want to read the, the quantum thing? Uh, I'm not planning on going too much into it. Just it's basically. Scott knows a lot more about quantum computers because it was literally his master's the thesis. did his
2: master's thesis. And I don't want to spread misinformation on this podcast, but basically. I do well that's course, and it was my news topic, so we 're fixing it <laughs> so basically, there were a few things I said that were that weren 't quite on the the line because my knowledge of quantum computers and their underlying functions is limited um, but essentially uh, actually, he says it is with deep regret that I have to inform you you 're not going to be doing any quantum gaming anytime soon or maybe even ever and he He pointed out how like quantum computing can help or is very has a lot of potential in doing uh like certain specific problems that are just darn near impossible with our current computer technology. Uh, Like, for example, uh, computations that happen every day, such as cryptographic security algorithms that hide info by locking it behind a math problem that would take hundreds to thousands of years for a typical computer to solve. You could just bust that open with a quantum computer relatively quickly. Um, It could be solved in seconds with a perfectly functioning quantum computer with a few million qubits. Understand? We are nowhere close to a few million qubits. Mm -hmm. Um, Database searches that are really fast and so on and so forth, but there are a lot of very specific. Most common computations, including the great majority of the ones that happen in video games, would be no faster on a quantum computer than a regular computer. Qubits are not inherently faster than the transistors we have in our computers. Instead, the speed is fundamentally sourced from the algorithms we run. Mm -hmm. In other words, if it doesn't require a fancy algorithm to solve, it's not going to be any faster on a quantum computer. And they have enormous, enormous energy costs. And super cooling to a few degrees Kelvin. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. just
0: above absolute
2: zero. Just above absolute zero. For anyone who doesn't know the Kelvin scale, that's about colder than negative 400 degrees Fahrenheit. So basically, if you wanted a quantum cell phone, it would freeze your hand off. In other
1: words, the, uh, (laughs) the... Average temperature of Ben and I's house right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so you know, uh, within our lifetimes, his his somewhat educated guess within our lifetimes we might see quantum enhanced technologies such as quantum random number generation already available on some Samsung phones, but we're not going to have a quantum phone phone or an Xbox Q, because such a thing would be serious overkill. So thank you, yeah. Scott, mm-hmm. for your corrections and especially for offering your expertise. Uh, to our podcast. I I greatly appreciate Making
0: Kyle look like an idiot. That's always my highlight of it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, glad to know I could set that up for you. There we go. (laughs) Perfect.
0: But based on the, at the end of that, email, though, there was a little plea for assistance. Yeah. So So Scott there says he has two kids, about six and nine years old, who just love Roblox and mobile games. And he says that what he wants is he wants to be able to game-educate his kids on (laughs) good games and not Roblox and mobile
1: games. And you
0: wanted to, like, kind of address that and say, like, what is the steps for that? And also, maybe we could have a little debate ourselves on, like, are are Roblox and mobile games necessarily bad
1: games in the first place? Yeah, so here, okay. He, so... I kind of want to read what he said. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. All right.
2: let's, let's read it. Okay,
1: so he says, Anyways, here's my plea for assistance. My kids, ages 6 to 9, are obsessed with Roblox. Anytime they have free time to be gamers, they gravitate straight to Roblox, plus a few other similarly predatory mobile games. I want to provide them with an opportunity to have a more proper and wholesome game-education, classics like Mario and Pokemon games, and also hopefully more modern stuff like Minecraft. This isn't a unique situation either. Most of their friends are terminally online, mo- terminally online Roblox, and it's likely because it's much easier to justify buying your kid a phone... It's a phone than a Switch or other console. So generally, how can we help ensure the rising generation is properly game-educated and not lost to Roblox and mobile games? Thanks again for the podcast, blah, 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 blah. We love you too. Um, yeah. But <laughs> He didn't sign off your favorite
0: Canadian. That's because he's no longer Canadian. <laughs> he's, he's, <Yeah>. he's <laughs>
1: forsaken possibly. the other person <laughs> <in> land. <laughs> like- okay, so, and here's my thing. I read this and I was a little... I was a little thrown.
0: Court is a Roblox kid.
1: (laughs) I I don't think that just because Roblox is something that we as an older generation necessarily enjoy or understand, that that inherently makes it bad. I don't like... Now, if you were to put Minecraft or Roblox in front of me personally, of course you're going to choose Minecraft every day. (laughs) But... I don't necessarily think that that means that Roblox is something that is like a cancer to children. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> like, it. Like, I've had a lot of fun playing Roblox with my little brothers. Like, I think there's a lot of really fun experiences that can be had on Roblox. It's nice, it's easy, and very accessible. You can play it on pretty much any device that can run. And, like... <laughs> I don't know, like it's I've had a lot of fun times with my family where me and all my family members will jump on some super simple Roblox game like natural disaster survival and we'll just goof around and it's fun and it's easy mm-hmm. to access and everyone can play. It's very easy to understand. I I don't There are definitely things wrong with Roblox, like and I'm sure we'll kind of yeah, get into that. I'll but, get into that. But I don't think that Roblox is inherently bad. Is it different? From what we grew up with, sure, but that doesn't mean it's inherently a bad thing. I think yes,
0: it does. Anything is different is evil.
1: Like <laughs> I, I think I think it's Get him. He's different. I don't know. My my get him. He's different. My <laughs> advice to you, Scott, almost would be meet them where they're at. Play some Roblox with them.
0: Like, and then say like, you think Roblox is cool? Come check out
1: Mince Raft. Mint's Raft. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of my that's kind of my opinion on it is.
2: So I'd like to hop in here. First of all, I, I, I I'm slightly perturbed by the fact that you call this an older generation. <laughs> yeah. I'm 25. I'm not that old. I mean, <laughs> but yeah,
4: like,
2: but but for people who
4: we're older than six and nine. we're much we're definitely older
2: than generation. six and yeah, we are a different generation from the six and nine year olds, and we definitely grew up in a different time. You yeah. know, a lot has changed.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, especially in the world of gaming.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. There's a couple things that I, I want to hop in. And I feel like there's another spot where I should give my background as well, because I actually there was a time in my life where I preferred Roblox over Minecraft. Um <laughs> now now I have since repented of such heresy against I don't know. I, I that was a dumb joke. I have since, you know, come around to Minecraft as a as a my preferred game between the two for certain um but you got to understand it was it was more so about my introduction to each of these games than about the games themselves mm. cuz when i started with both of them i was in middle school mm-hmm. and uh we had this thing i know there are quite a few middle schools that do something like this where you have this flex time during the day mm. and it's about a half hour period of time i think it might have used to be longer um but essentially if you were doing good in your classes then flex time would allow you to do whatever a lot of people would go over to the basketball court and just shoot hoops or play games of speed. Uh, they'd show part of a Disney movie <laughs> in the uh, auditorium. Or you could go into the computer lab and we could just do whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Like, obviously, it still had the, the safeguards that are just always on right. the computers, so no one gets into anything they really shouldn't be getting into. But there weren't, at first, there weren't a ton of other restrictions. And originally, that did not block Roblox which was all browser-based at the time, it Mm -hmm. did not block this website that you literally, I don't know if it's still up, but it was like, play Minecraft for free on this website. Mm -hmm. And you could even save, like make Minecraft save files that you could put on your computer. And there were people who would take a flash drive and save it to the flash drive. And then they'd play it off of there. But most of the time, what I saw people doing was they would literally just hop onto Minecraft and just dig down to bedrock in creative mode. And they'd spend the entire half hour doing just that. And I'm like, that looks so boring. Like, you're just digging straight down in the creative mode of the game, which means there's nothing to challenge you, and you're not even using your resources to build something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all I saw people doing. Meanwhile, I saw other people playing Roblox, and there were all these different game modes and all these mm. different things. And you could play all these different games with other people. And I hadn't really done a ton of multiplayer online gaming at that point in my life. You know, this was well before I ever started playing Team Fortress Two, which is one of the earlier uh, online okay. multiplayer games that I that I ever tried playing. And so I was just all into it. And I remember there was this one game mode I played all the time. There was like there was like yellow base and green base, mm-hmm. and you were just these two teams, and you'd fight between them. And you could have like different vehicles and stuff, and different weapons, and you were just trying to. T- it was just capture the flag from the other base. And I remember I started a trend of using the submarines to go sneak a whole bunch of your guys into the other base and just attack from the inside mm. until a bunch of people started imitating it and it didn't work very well anymore. I I have a mild reason to believe that at that time I kicked off a trend of doing that because I played for a few weeks where no one was doing it. I start doing it and then a few weeks later everyone's doing it.
4: <laughs>
2: so, you know, and I was Kyle, really, trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. Trendsetter. One time trendsetter in Roblox, baby. That's my <laughs> claim to fame. Um, but like, and it was fun. It was way more fun than just digging down to bedrock yeah. in a browser based creative version of Minecraft. And then being like, Oh, my 30 minutes are over,
4: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. you
2: know, but at the same time, Eventually, I started learning about what it's like to play survival in Minecraft. Yeah. I had some friends who introduced me to actually truly playing Minecraft on your own computer, and I got way into that. Mm. And admittedly, just as much as there are these fun game modes in Roblox, I also started to notice there were a lot of other ones that were just like, man, this was slapped together in 10 minutes, and mm-hmm. it's, it's got
1: and like, maybe that, one thing you do. That is the one other thing that I would say is, there, I mean, there are a lot of fun games that I'll play on Roblox with my little brother's. But there are some that they play that I'm just like, I would rather stab myself with a fork than, <laughs> than play these, like... And, it's just, and maybe it's just not my cup of and tea, but, like, they'll play, like, these, like, ah, like, Roblox City, you know, like, role-playing games where mm-hmm. it's, like... And they'll, like, pretend to... And I, I'm just like that i don't get like that that it seems a little weird but there are some genuinely fun game modes like mm-hmm. natural disaster survival there's this game called ripples mini games that is just like it's a whole bunch of these like little mini games like mm-hmm. that you can just play and it'll just cycle through and they're all really well made and it's like it roblox like most things in life is not inherently good or evil it it depends on how you use it.
2: Yeah. You know. Like, right? that's, that's what I want to get into here, if you guys don't mind me talking for a little while longer, because there is some very serious stuff that people should be aware of with right. Roblox. And I actually dug into this for a class project a while back uh, that was specifically about trying to find examples of journalism from various places. And one of the examples I found was an investigative report that a group did where they uncovered a lot of bad things that are happening with Roblox and have been happening for quite a while. You see, okay. I'm just I'm just gonna go right out the gate. Exploitation of child labor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is happening in Roblox and has been for a long time, because ever since Roblox introduced the system where you know you can use Robux not only to get things in game, but you can then cash out Robux to get money, real world money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the conversion rate. I think it's like a thousand Robux to or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact conversion rate, but it created an entire market. I have seen, you remember how I've mentioned that I've been looking for jobs for after I graduate because Mm -hmm. my job at BYU Radio will end because it's a student job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen on LinkedIn, like not small companies posting job listings for Roblox game developers mm-hmm. where essentially Roblox has kind of become a its own version of like mobile gaming where mm-hmm. there's all these actual companies in it for a profit to make money off of Roblox where essentially they just run everything through uh, purchases made using these Robux mm-hmm. um, that they can then cash out into actual spendable US dollars or whatever other currency in, in the country that they're in. And the problem with this is a lot of companies are also forming independently, uh, which leads to quite a lot of them uh, through like Discord chats and stuff where people are learning coding skills, which are great marketable skills to have, which is a a positive thing. But a lot of the time, it's creating for-profit companies where they don't verify the age or employment eligibility of their programmers and Mm -hmm. of their content creators and of paid members of the team who often get cheated out of many months' worth of work, which was another thing that was discovered was that uh, exploitation of labor, whether or not the laborer was a child, is rampant, mm. where um, members of a team were like, maybe one or two people who are leading a team will essentially like hire on this promising person, get a ro- make a Roblox game with them that brings in a ton of revenue, and then fire them right before they're given their profit share. And so they're cheated out of hundreds or thousands of dollars and several months of of working hours. So if anything, um, like, don't get me wrong, if your kids want to learn programming skills and independently produce their own things on Roblox... That's fine. It's a, that's it's a good. Solid. It's they, a solid got some thing. Good
1: tools. My little they, brother. Has they have great tools
2: and it's a great way to learn very marketable skills that could be applied actually in Roblox once you're at an employable age, but also in other areas, but make sure you know what they're doing, who they're talking to talk with your kids about this. Make sure that they're not on some discord server with some guy who's just cheating them out of child labor. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been other cases of harassment and stuff going on on those servers, which is just completely unpoliced because Roblox has no means to police it. And they seem that the, the executives seem to have no intention of trying to,
4: yeah.
2: um, there are ways that they could try and push everything to move it onto official forums and stuff that they could actively monitor, but they're not making any moves to do so. And when contacted by this journalist or by these journalists who ran this story, They tried to pressure them to take down their story instead of making changes for the protection of minors on the platform. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: There's also been issues of on role-playing servers, people trying to get adult content into there, Mm -hmm. uh, which has long been an issue people have talked about with Roblox. Now, I do believe that the policing and moderation on that has gotten better to the point where it's a lot uh, less likely for a child to run into that.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but I don't. I still think it's not perfect. So I again be very careful. Be aware of what's happening. And if you see something suspicious, report it right away.
1: Uh, yeah, and that all sounds very scary. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 it is. And it is. But, but it's it's
2: not the entirety of
1: Roblox. It's not the Roblox. I think in in a lot of ways is a microcosm of the internet itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really where is. There is a dark side, but there is a lot of good and fun to be found on there as well. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, it, it's a balance. but it's a And balance. I mean,
3: you could imagine the issues with um, lack of policing on servers being an issue with just about any online game. Yeah, right. a lot Where of online communities a child just... child could run into... I mean, really, the big thing is you have to be careful about your child with online games.
2: Yeah. Precisely. Like, any time your child is, is able to communicate with people... Mm-hmm you just need to be aware of what's going on. Right. Exactly. And that's that's just internet safety in general. Yeah. In fact, that's just child safety in general. Yeah. It's it's a it's a tool that everyone needs to know. But um I will say that like the fact that they're now adding money into the mix has been very mm-hmm. detrimental and yeah. there have been children who have put their parents out like tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars by just grabbing mom's credit card out of her purse mm-hmm. and splurging on Roblox. Which Roblox has a system for purchasing cosmetics that works essentially like a miniature stock market. Mm. Um, Which in in that investigative report, they argued should be illegal because it's essentially breaking the laws that keep kids out of the the actual stock market. That's fair. uh, Which are very similar to gambling laws because these things fluctuate in price. There's the promise that they could raise in price
4: and And that they could could accrue value. Mm.
2: And there are kids who have lost very large amounts of real money in there. And there's even a black market of Roblox (laughs) cosmetics and other items that are high valued that can be sold outside the official platform and that is not being policed nor monitored. And so it's, it's again a case just like court said microcosm of the internet where the biggest piece of advice is just to be mindful of what they're playing. And honestly, honestly, if they're playing a bunch of the games that you just think are mind rot and not necessarily evil, but just dumb, help them find ones that you honestly think will provide a better experience. And mm-hmm. who knows, there's a good chance that they will pick those up and be like, you know what? That was fun. I'd rather play Natural Disaster Survival than, you know, this and for the cookie most part, clicker ripoff. I don't know. <laughs> I,
1: I would imagine that most of the games your kids are playing are probably the fun ones. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. the like... it's not like we run the risk here of making this sound like Roblox is like this dark web. It's true. Like Like, there are these problems, but it's not all of of the games are fine. You know, like it's, yeah, it's
3: probably not running into these issues. Right. Yeah. It's,
1: it's,
2: I guess we should be. Yeah. It is to point that out. (laughs) Yeah. Like
1: it is, but it is an interesting, I don't know. I mean, my, my advice, I guess going back to the original email would be, kind of meet them at their level a little bit and then introduce them to your stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. play Roblox with them. Have, have a fun time enjoying the things that they enjoy. And then once you've kind of played their games with them, be like, hey, come play my games with me. And you honestly, know?
2: they're far more likely to say yes if you've had time enjoying mm-hmm. their games with them. It's it's a real connecting thing that that helps you to, like, build that. Right. Sort of like to get them to be like, oh, I know he likes these games. he's enjoyed playing these games I like with me. So when he recommends one,
1: yeah, I have I reason to believe
2: that. that I'm going to enjoy playing. And ultimately it with
1: him. I think a lot of times when playing games with other people, it's really less about the game you're playing and more just
4: the people you're
1: playing the with. The People you're playing with. Yeah, like you know, it's, yeah. it's it's if I'm jumping on to play a bunch of games with my friends it doesn't really matter if i'm playing insurgency sandstorm or fortnite or you know whatever mm-hmm. other game or minecraft like it's really more just about the friends that i'm playing it with you know and oh, yeah. so it's it's kind of a
3: which is probably why they've gravitated towards roblox is because, because that's, that's where their what their friends have
2: yeah, yeah i mean it's it's very much a thing for that generation yeah. i mean think about like how many other games like let's be real sure tons of adults play among us but it's even oh, bigger among people huge. 12 and under. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's absolutely colossal. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, my little brother playing Among Us and a few other games similar to that mm-hmm. on the computer in the basement downstairs um, yeah, in my, my parents' sister. place, and I can hear him just talking with him because he gets so into it, and he's just on with a bunch of cousins his mm-hmm. age, you Yeah, know?
3: that's why my sister, my sister got into Minecraft because all her friends were playing Minecraft, and mm-hmm. so she hosts the server that they play on, and... Like, you can just hear, like, and she's, like, you know, it It really is more about where your friends are than it is about the game itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think in terms of, like, like, other games that you mentioned, like, getting them into Mario and getting them mm-hmm. into Pokemon, like, that's all, you know, that's all super good, too. And that's kind of a different situation because those aren't really games you play with your friends, per se. Like, mm-hmm. if they're, like, single-player experiences, I don't know, with that... That's honestly something that honestly might come more with time and yeah. age. Yeah, like, age, cause like I
3: feel like nine years old, I definitely like I would watch my siblings play Zelda. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, but did yeah. I
3: have the skills necessary? <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean,
3: do I have the skills now? No, but definitely yeah. not at nine. I mean, that's right. the
2: thing. I'm looking back at it, and when I was you know still single digit age, yeah, I played these games. But not nearly as much as I watched my older brother Darren play mm-hmm. these games, who was a few years older than me, a few years more experienced, you yeah. know. And uh, so, honestly, invite them to come, like, sit with you and just chat or just hang out while you're yeah. playing some of these games. Might be great experience for them too. And
1: they'll yeah. see it. They'll think, "Hey, this looks cool." Yeah. I mean, I think I think what it really what it really kind of amounts to is at around that age, all of us were kind of at a stage where we were just kind of playing kind of goofy little online games. Yeah, I mean, think about mm-hmm. Miniclip. Yeah, right? like, for us, for us it was tons mini, of mini it was Club Penguin. It was, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of... Yeah. And that Roblox is kind of just that equivalent for that generation, almost. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I don't... Yeah, like, and Roblox is kind of nice because it's a lot more, there's a much wider, you can kind of play it with them and still have a fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like... That, that appreciation for the finer, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. for comes, the finer games will, will likely come with time.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it also just comes with, you know, being there for them and, and introducing yeah. things in, 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 a, in, a, in a nice way, like we've already said. But, like, I said earlier on this podcast, many episodes ago, that I'm grateful that as a, as a kid I was playing so much mini-clip. Because for me, it taught me the basic skills that uh-huh. allow me to yeah. pick up any game right now right. and figure it out quickly.
1: Which, this is a little side tangent. and I know we're running long, but it yeah, is, we are starting
2: to run long. <laughs> it is
1: very funny to watch someone who did not grow up with that basic understanding oh, yeah. of uh-huh. how video games work try to play games. It's hilarious. We got my dad one time, <laughs> this is <was> years ago, <laughs> but we got my dad one time to play Wind Waker. And just, I mean, basic. Basic things yeah. that for us are just second nature, like one stick moves your character and the other stick moves your camera, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I basic remember... things like that. They just don't know because they, they don't. didn't grow up with that. So like my dad was like, could not like move his character. <laughs> and he was like, he fell off like a little bridge thing, and he was like swimming around the ladder to get up, it was like right there, and he's just like swimming around in Wind Waker, and he's like, I'm lost. Like yeah. he, he, he just did not and it's just basic stuff that for us is just. We grew innate. up with it. It's and ingrained, it's, and we, you know. It's, 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 a, anyway, it's just kind of a funny, just a little yeah. side side note there, that it's kind of funny to watch older people who didn't grow up with that and have no experience in that kind yeah. of innate yeah. gaming knowledge. Definitely. And, I
3: mean, at that young age, something else that I think is important, I mean, the point of games is to have fun. And mm. ultimately, like, a lot of people look down on mobile games, especially because mobile games do tend to have there's, somewhat a, there's lower a lot of quality. crappy ones. There's yeah. there's a lot
1: of really bad ones. Yeah. I wanna address that in a minute.
3: But And so I feel like then I play a lot of mobile games. Not necessarily always the best quality mobile games. But the reason I play them is for fun. Like mm-hmm. because I find them fun. And ultimately especially at six and nine, um like those younger um ages Something as basic as even the less fun for us Roblox games, Roblox game modes, for them probably is super fun because they're so easily entertained.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I have a, I have a little five-month-old baby, right? Mm-hmm. And I will just... I'll just spit. And they think that's hilarious. And he will laugh for 10 minutes straight if I keep doing it. Oh, yeah. You know? It's, it's a development process where yeah. you begin to understand mm-hmm. more about nuances. But I guess we're retreading the whole thing about it'll come with age.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, I want to address how he mentioned, like, he, he called both Roblox and mobile games predatory, which there is predatory stuff there. Mm-hmm. Now, we covered some of the predatory stuff that people try to do in Roblox. And again, that's part of the roblox ecosystem a concerning one but not all of it and that's yeah. really just teaching your kids internet safety mm. being there for yeah. them it's a skill they need to have no matter if they play roblox on mobile games i understand what you're getting at with predatory because there is predatory monetization there are plenty of predatory monetization oh, yeah. schemes yeah. out there and frankly a lot of times when we've complained about changes that have been made to AAA games it's often triple a games in the, yeah, yeah monet like emulating predatory monetization mm-hmm. yeah. that happened in mobile games. Yeah. But I feel like it's a lot of the same keys here as with Roblox, right? Just be aware of what your kids are playing. Don't let them have free reign to a credit card yeah. ever at this mm-hmm. age, just for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, be mindful of, of just watch the games they're playing watch what they're asking you for. Like if they want to go and purchase this, you mm-hmm. know, energy pack for this mobile game, you know, sit down with them and talk to them about like how, well, first of all, just about like, you know, being wise with your money, but also about like, you know, maybe play a game that doesn't, doesn't want you, it exactly. doesn't yeah. require energy packs to yeah. keep yeah. playing, you know, play a game that has content you can enjoy. Um, even without, or if you want to still play this game, cause it's a lot of fun, you know, do other things, play other games, uh, watch a show, read a book, go do some other thing entirely, mm-hmm. while the energy is just refilling the way exactly. that it normally does. All of my
3: mobile yeah. games have energy recharge. Exactly, and, and it the, really is. You just you just you know, go you, do something else. Yeah, go do something else, mm-hmm. or find another game that you know you can play in the meantime while it recharges. Or and, mm-hmm.
1: and it's kind of interesting because I think that is something that we really did not have to deal with growing up. Miniclip it's did true. not... You know, Miniclip and Club Penguin didn't have predatory monetary practices and mm-hmm. energy recharges and stuff. <laughs> and so, like, that is...
2: Heck, most Miniclip games didn't even have a save file.
1: Right. <laughs> and so, like, that is definitely... I think that that is a much more, like... That is a very real yeah. threat. And something that is that you don't have to worry about with, like, known quality brands like Nintendo and stuff like that. You know, you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of stuff. But it's kind of just a – it's almost just an occupational hazard of the times, I guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> mobile like, games
3: – most mobile games are free to play. Yeah. And so that's the way that they've come up with to make money.
1: Yeah, And,
3: I mean, to some extent, you have to weigh, like, would I pay – this amount of money to access this content in a game on another platform.
2: Exactly. Like, I remember, like, there's been once, two times that I've spent money on Genshin Impact, for example, which is free to play, mm-hmm. but you can spend money to get, like, extra in-game resources and stuff, mm-hmm. especially for using the, the gacha system for the characters, which is what I was going for. And the it was a calculated decision, right? Which I feel like is the way that it should be done, mm-hmm. which is why I did it that way. Is you know you don't want peop- you don't want to be just essentially developing a, an addiction to impulse buys mm. um, with with gaming because that's a really quick way to lose thousands and thousands of dollars uh, very fast faster than you can make it um, so it, it's it's a case of like you know why are you spending the money. Mm-hmm. Was it like In this case, was it to capitalize on some things that were happening in the game that I wanted to? Yes, but I also reasoned I've gotten a lot of good stuff out of this game. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of playtime. I've gotten a lot of enjoyment. Um, and it was also during a time when some other companies uh, were trying to uh, push Hoyo out of the market
4: mm-hmm. and
2: like establish a few things. There was, there was a lot of rumors going around that they were trying to create regulations that would uh, damage the game's ability to function. And so I'm like, I want to put some support towards the people who've made this game, right? Yeah. Now, it's not like they're a struggling indie studio. They're a very, very profitable company. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, have I gotten $25 worth of, of content out of this game? Yeah. I'm going to sink a little into it.
4: Yeah. But I'm
2: going to have like a spending cap that yeah. I've agreed upon. Now, admittedly, if you're six or nine years old, I don't think... You're going to just have that amount of life and financial experience to be wise yeah, enough and to that, do that.
1: That's kind of my my thought was like bringing it, bringing it almost back to Scott's concern. That that is a real concern because that's a very calculated decision by you, exactly. a grown adult man. Yeah, who which has I made as a grown up. <laughs> like, but I think as a, as a child, you know, it's got to you you, and that's kind of the, is you kind of just got to watch out for what they're doing, because exactly. as a child, they don't, they don't necessarily have that perspective yet, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah.
2: it's, you know, I remember as a kid constantly begging my, my parents for Lego sets and being like, come on, it's not that expensive, yeah. you know, not but like, understanding. and then growing up and being like, holy crap, Legos it are is expensive,
4: expensive. <laughs> yeah. more
1: expensive now than they ever have been. But yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: but like, it's, it's the same thing. So like, you know, I would advise, you know, just saying, okay, you can play these games, but you're not allowed to purchase microtransactions yeah. because you're just not at a point in your life where you can make that decision intelligently. 100%. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if for some reason you decide you want to, give them a spending cap from the get-go. No more than $20 ever or goes into this game.
1: Yeah. Super micromanage any money that they put into it. I mean, honestly, at that age, you should probably be micromanaging any money they put into anything. <laughs> because, <true>. Like, but... <laughs> And just you know, yeah
3: even like buying candy from the corner store, you'd be like, like "Okay, yeah, you know launching. keep keep an eye, make sure that
2: you know they're they're learning just good habits, which again, it falls back to the same thing with roblox where it's it's all about just being there, taking an interest in what your kids are doing and mm-hmm. teaching them the responsible things that you've learned over the years, yeah. that they just haven't had the chance to learn yet, um which I think is a great opportunity that you know we who grew up with games. Uh, and it's not, it's not like we're the first people who grew up with games. You know, home consoles have been around for a while and arcade mm. consoles before them. Mm. But being so immersed in gaming as we have been mm-hmm. uh, throughout our lives and, and having mobile games in their infancy when we were still, you know, tweens,
4: mm. yeah.
2: um, being able to grow up with that, we're uniquely positioned among all generations to understand why people are drawn to these things mm. and yeah. how to navigate to avoid the, the cheaters and the scams and
4: mm-hmm. the people
2: trying to just uh you know make a quick buck off of you and then take off and instead focus on having a good time. Mm. And I feel like the more you do that with mobile games as well, the more you're going to be able to get them into the games that have the finer details that you enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, back in back when we were kids, you know, really good games and games that were more just enticing were the Mario games because mobile games were not much of a thing at the time.
3: Yeah. But now Um,
2: people can create enticing mobile games, so Mario is less of the only available appeal to kids.
3: And something else that I also think is, you know, important to think about, a lot of these, you know, platforms, I don't know if there is for Mario, but I know that for Pokemon, like Pokemon Go, it's not, definitely not to the level that regular, you know, other Pokemon games are, but maybe a lot more accessible for your kid. Mm. Um
1: accessibility is a big part of it. I think that's oh, a big yeah. part
3: of it. Starting them with that, I mean, for me, I start like the main Pokemon game that I started playing was Pokemon Go. and Really? Okay. Yeah. And as I learned more about other Pokemon games, I was like, wow, like definitely Pokemon Go is very different from those games, but it also introduced me to a lot of the Pokemon, a lot of kind of the main ideas of Pokemon so that when I, I got to playing the Pokemon games that have been a little bit more fleshed out or a little bit more like that, the finer details, mm-hmm. um, it was a lot more fun for me because I kind of understood already the main ideas, and I, I also watched the anime growing up.
2: Yeah, um, well, as a lot of us <laughs> did.
3: And and so I I had that background, and for also Animal Crossing has a mobile game, mm-hmm. maybe things like that where you can introduce them to the franchise, the franchise in a way that's more accessible to them, might also be a good way to help them so that when they get older to the point where they would enjoy the Pokemon games or the Mario games a little bit more, they already have that background and interest so that um, it's a little bit easier. Mm -hmm.
2: So it's definitely playing the long game. Uh, But I feel like we've given a lot of things that I feel are generally applicable when it comes to parenting and games that your kids play,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
2: honestly, like, uh,
1: and also it is kind of a weird thing because, you know, I mean, you're out there, Scott, you're kind of on the front lines. I mean, you're, you're kind of the first, (laughs) the first, the first wave of parents Mm -hmm. to be raising kids in this, in this era of microtransactions and generation. And also just this era of parents who also play games. You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. like we were raised with games, but our parents didn't really... Very few, par- very few people don't know from the generation
2: that. of our parents are avid right. gamers. Like my yeah. dad would always tell me he used to love games,
4: yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. which
2: I, I actually did not believe until he recognized Doom, which I think I've already told that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I'd get him to play Mario Kart once and then the tank game on Wii Play. Now's about uh-huh. it. Yeah. You know, we didn't we didn't really bond over over games particularly, except for those very very niche examples. But with with our generations, you know, yeah, had,
4: yeah.
1: So you're it's... you're you know, Scott, you're kind of out there on the front lines of of being this generation who grew up playing games and is now raising kids playing games. That's never really happened before because our parents' generation didn't really have games, and
3: or at least so, not in the same way.
1: In the same way, exactly. So it's like it's a very unique situation that you've got that will kind of be going into.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, mm-hmm. just, I mean, I'm already on the path to that with my son, Liam, Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: who like, I, there are definitely games that I want to introduce him to once he gets old enough to truly like understand and appreciate them. You know, I mean, he's five months old. He's not going to understand anything <laughs> if I have him He's like All right, on tears my lap while well, I'm playing time. tears of the kingdom. And I'm like, so you see the reason I'm doing this, you know, yeah. he's not going to get it. But like It's something I look forward to because you know I, I feel like every parent wants to introduce their children to the things that they love, mm-hmm. and hopefully their kids will love it too and bond over it. But at the same time, I also recognize just because of all the interests I have that my parents haven't the foggiest idea about, mm-hmm. um, I, I recognize that every generation is going to have things that they just like as their generation mm-hmm. that you might not get, that you might not be as interested in or as invested in. But, you know, definitely taking the time. To just be there for them. And even if you're not like, I don't get this, just know that like, but my kids do.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So,
2: you know, I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to make sure you're safe, but I'm also going to try and have a good time with you.
1: I think as, as someone who works with little kids for a living, like that is the, meet them at their level. You know, a yeah. lot of stuff that little kids like, we don't really understand because we're older. <laughs> And it's like, but if you really want to, you know, connect with them, which mm-hmm. you, you just kind of got to meet them at their level, you know, yeah. like you kind of got to, and that's just kind of the best way. And then that'll go back the other way. You know, you show interest in the things that they're interested in, they'll, they'll reciprocate. They'll yeah. show yeah. interest in the things that you're interested yeah. in. As
2: yeah. an example from my life, you know, I, I, I was always way into to Boy Scout stuff. So was my dad. We bonded a ton over that. Mm. You yeah. know, we did so much stuff together. And he was really involved in scouting for myself, each of my brothers, um, and then, you know, there are various other things with every member of the family, you know, it's just those are the things that like satisfied a lot of requirements to bond over. And now this is just something we're doing with games. It's the mm-hmm. same principles. Same yep.
1: principles. Yep.
2: So, anyway, I feel like we've, we've gone to the point and we've probably ended up retreading quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. But ben, I feel ben like. You just left, Ben. Left. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Ben had some important stuff to take care of. Yes. Uh, once again, Scott, thank you for being the only person to send us emails and sending us so many of them. Uh, we always love when we get emails from you, and we are very happy to hear. Uh,
1: We're also happy what you to hear to that you're raising your kids the right way. Okay. <laughs> introducing them to the good games cuz that yeah. is super important. Get them on that Mario get them those
2: on that Pokemon. those people of culture. <laughs> <laughs> um so I guess if you guys don't mind I'll just do the outro real quick since I've got it pulled up. Mm-hmm. Uh any final comments from anybody? I feel like we've already covered but is there anything anyone's dying to say?
4: Nope. No. Nope.
2: Okay. Once again, next week there will not be an episode since there is Ben's wedding and uh That's important. (laughs) But we'll resume. Fortunately,
1: we can't skip the wedding just to (laughs) record an episode, even though we all
2: would if we could. (laughs) Considering how many of us are groomsmen for the wedding. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the week after that, we will be right back at it, um, making our great content that at least Scott loves. And I know that my parents watch and occasionally tell me like, I haven't any idea what you've talked about, but <laughs> no it seems like saying, you did it good. Sounds important. I appreciate the support mom and dad. You guys are great. <laughs> So, let's sign out. Uh, Knights of the D-Pad is a publication of the Daily Universe. We'd like to give a special thanks to Alan Neves and Miles Romney for everything they did and continue to do to help support us and continue to do this podcast. Like how Brother Neves helped us fix the issue with the mixer this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, if you would like to be like Scott, who is a cool guy and reaches out to us with feedback, ideas, or just to say hello... You can shoot us an email at knights of the d pad podcast at gmail.com. All lowercase, no special characters. With that, let's sign off. Ben was here. So just imagine that <laughs> ben, this is Ben. Ben has,
3: ben has vanished. <laughs> just, just imagine
2: Ben still sitting next to me. Um, I'm Kyle. I'm Lillian. And I'm Court. And we are the Knights of the D pad. See you next time.